Hey, welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast, where we discuss the myths, misconceptions, and most asked questions about sex trafficking. And I am your host, Adam Cheney. Happy to be back in the it studio. It is so good to hear you say that again, <laughs> because me and uh, me and David, we're tired of each other. Oh, y'all were holding it down, though. <laughs> I'm just um, I wasn't tired of watching you, so uh, hopefully neither were our viewers and listeners. It is good to be back, uh, healthy and active, and excited to record another episode of the Elijah Rising podcast, and excited that you're here watching and listening. Uh, so today on the podcast, I'm joined by Sam Hernandez, mobilization director, mm-hmm. but you already know who she is, so we'll just jump right in. We're having a gala that is also a virtual uh, experience, fundraiser, and live theater performance, which hopefully you, the listener, have already heard about. <clears throat> if you have not, it'll be on October 17th of 2020. Which, by the way, literally, it costs you nothing. We're sitting yeah. here providing this kind of content. If you haven't subscribed to the Elijah Rising channel, go ahead and click that because the gala will be there. You'll get notifications in that way. It is an absolutely free way to tell more people about sex trafficking. It's right under this video if you're on YouTube, wherever you're listening, but yeah. hit subscribe. But yes, it is going to be happening on October 17th, and we are both excited. We're a little stressed. A little bit. A little, little stressed. Lots to do. But for the most part, we're, we're just overwhelmingly excited for people to see this thing that has happened between so many people. Well, it's not just a free event. Uh, It's a really informative event. I mean, it's going to be a really powerful event. Restored, she will rise. So Sam, um, what, so there'll be a pre-show. We'll do some cool stuff. You don't want to miss that. But the film itself, what is the film itself? Just briefly, what is it? So the film itself is monologues, which if you don't know what a monologue is, it's a single person speaking, telling a story. Um, and they're monologues that are sharing triumphs over trafficking. So you are getting a a little glimpse inside one yeah. person's life at a time. There's um, how many total? Eight total, Eight total monologues. monologues. And yeah. you're getting this glimpse into their life and how sex trafficking affects it. Um, and we're kind of starting on the end of like someone who's hearing about mm-hmm. sex trafficking. And then we're moving into people who have had personal, um, who've been victimized by traffickers and their journey through it. Yeah. And that's what the film is about. And the whole point of it is not only to share triumphs over trafficking, but it's to create connection and empathy with the people who've been affected by it so that you can see just a portion of what their reality is yeah. in a way that makes you feel so connected. Yeah. Because um, we mentioned this in the past monologue, you can't always have someone who you've worked with or a great story, you can't have that person always speak out about that because you don't want to re-exploit them and right. it's such a sensitive topic. Or give me a trigger to, to yeah. go there again and tell so the story. So yeah. this is a really like beautiful and empowering way to tell those stories um, of the people that we've worked with. Yeah. Yeah, so um, what we're going to do today on the podcast is we're going to look at three of those monologues out of the eight. Um, and it, this this episode is kind of a teaser a little bit, but we, we, we want to talk about those a little bit, but... The reason why I'm talking with Sam is because we want Sam to just share some of the background yes. on, on a couple of these. And we have something really special at the end of the podcast, too, which I'm not going to tell you about yet. I'll tell you when it comes. Um, so let's start with uh, one of the podcasts that's early on in the film called Withdrawn. What is Withdrawn mm-hmm. about, and what is your personal connection to that monologue? Yeah, this... 
this one was amazing and it was so fast. Like some of these monologues are going to talk about people we worked with. I mean, it took, it was a years and years and years long process. Um, and this one wasn't about someone like in our program, but I I was invited, um, amazingly by, uh, Rula and Ryan to be on the 104 KRBE morning show, which, which is, is kind of a long running famous radio Houston show here in staple, Houston. Houston staple, probably the yeah. most popular Houston radio show. Really well known. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're real funny and they do like silly stuff, but they gave me like a seven minute, mm. um, platform, which is huge on a like primetime morning talk show. And then once I got on the show, I actually stayed for another segment. So they gave me 15 gave total minutes yeah. just to talk about what does grooming look like? What does, <clears throat> what does sex trafficking look like? What does Elijah Rising do? The basic awareness stuff. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, we do that kind of stuff all the time. Awesome. Like we're here on the podcast. We don't know who it's going to affect. Right. So right. months later, like I'm living my life, you know, so grateful to Rula and Ryan. It was a cool thing. You know, people saying, oh my gosh, I heard you on the radio, whatever. I heard about Elijah Rising. So cool. <clears throat> but one day I get this call from a mom. Mm. And um, this brief interaction where she, she doesn't realize that I answer the office phone most of the time, with, sometimes with Elijah Rising. Right, right, right. Trade off. <laughs> so I answered the phone um, and she said, well, I was listening to the radio and I heard this girl talking about sex trafficking on 104. And I said, oh my gosh, that was me. And she was like, oh my gosh. And she starts to like cry because she said, mm. um, my daughter, my daughter was being groomed. She was already like in the process, like someone had been talking to her. I saw all the signs of what you were saying, and I, I had no idea. I thought it was, she was going through some kind of phase. Via like social media? Social media, yeah. met somebody, texting somebody, um, young, like we're talking about like under 15 years old. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and she was horrified when she listened because she said, this is my daughter. She ends up opening up her phone, finding out this stuff, talking to her, and she was able to stop her from being trafficked, yeah. which was huge. Um, but that's not why she was calling me. She was calling me because her friend was going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh my gosh, like my friend, her daughter's going through this, and she wanted to connect her with me for Elijah Rising so that we could give her resources, which by the way, that happens. I'm on the phone with moms Pretty awesome. week. Weekly, yeah. weekly, if not more, moms and dads. Yeah. Um, so it was this amazing thing where, you know, sometimes we think like the the safe home thing is probably the most important process, the pro- program that we have. Yeah, yeah. But to see something like awareness that we kind of write off sometimes, just that tool of awareness save that young woman's life, not because of me, but because the mom educated herself. Yeah. Because she said, I am going to continue listening to this, even though it's not funny, it's not, you know. And she was able to make the steps for her kid that she could to stop her from being endangered. And then her information, her empowered, mobilized information went on and did the same for somebody else. And that is was just the most incredible thing to me. Yeah, and who knows what the ripple effect would that will be or has been from that instance. And, you know, it just makes me think too, like it's so important to point out like fighting trafficking has to be uh, like a village effort. Like it has to be a communal effort because it really involved when I listen to you tell that story, like it started way back with the radio show host and saying, you know, we're going to keep Sam on. Let's keep this conversation going, Yeah, you know, and it's, it's this trickled effect. Um, you just don't know what the impact will be. So the cool Absolutely. thing, the cool thing about this story though, is we adapted it, Right. For uh, into a monologue mm-hmm. with the help of uh, you know um, the the writer of all of the monologues, and she put it into a conversation. 
between two moms. Yes. And so we don't give a, we won't we don't want to give away all of the details because it is a film and we want you to experience it and enjoy it as it as the storyline plays out. Um, but that story that Sam just told, you can see as one of the monologues between two moms that are having a conversation about their young daughters. Yes, and I think it really well gives a good understanding of the reaction that some people have when we talk about this. Yeah. The kind of scandalized, far away ideas that ha- people have. And and it's really cool the way it was shot. Um, Scott yeah. Dossie did an amazing job. And then um, the way David, who's behind the camera, did a really cool job editing. So I'm excited for people to see that one. And that is one of the few in the beginning that I really think our audience of advocates will really respond to. Yeah, yeah I think there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> points to relate with in Abs- that monologue. Absolutely. So let's let's talk about another one of the monologues that comes a little bit later in the evening. Um, the title of this one is Please. Mm. Um, and well, I'll let you take it away. What what should what do we want our listeners to know about this monologue? Please is probably um, one of the most important ones to me. <laughs> but let it's me, let me jump in here. I know I just <clears throat> gave you the floor, but I, I want to say something real quick. When we did the read through. Yeah. Of monologues. Yeah. Before we ever got on the stage, before the cameras were turned on, we just did cold reads. This is the one that made me cry. Yeah. Upon first reading. So go ahead. Yeah. Go. And this one, <clears throat> you know, the young woman who uh, wrote, or she didn't write this, but it's it's her story. She was a part of this. She was able to preview it and all the things. But um, she was a part of the editing process. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And um, you know, it's this really, really hard story where you see a woman who's being trafficked on the street in Houston, mm. um, who finds herself pregnant. Yep. Um, and she knocks on a church door, and the answer that she gets is not one of the type of compassion or empathy that she needed. Um, and this is so important, not only because it's a true story, but because it's um, it's devastating. Yeah. It's devastating, and I won't tell you what happened um, at the end of that story. You know, this young woman who's thirsty. She says, "I'm hungry. I was. I just needed someone to listen. I just needed someone to help me to see me." I, to, to see help me, me, to help me. Um, and you get to connect with that moment. You get to see, and, and a lot of people think that, you know, there's trafficking victims who are tied up or in chains underground, and there's the women who walk on the street who yeah. just want, who are addicted to drugs or this, and it's usually, they've got it all wrong. And so this woman is existing in that stereotype and that lie and that misconception, and she's desperate for something. Um, and she saw the church as a potential place of refuge. She said, this is where you go when you're broken, when you're tired. This is where you go. Um, and I think it's it's a hard challenge, but important challenge for us to open our eyes and to look and to see what that what, where is that moment for all of us, right? Yeah. Um, and it was an amazing process recording it. We had a wonderful actress um, through 80 players who played this role. And it was so hard. She actually really struggled getting these words out. Um, and I, I ended up getting on stage and like connecting with her. Like, let's connect like you're talking to me. Yeah, yeah, um, right. But it, I mean, this one is, it's, it's, it squeezes your heart, but it, I won't give away the ending. I'll just say that. I do want to read a little bit of an excerpt from it. Um, she says, my fists were sweaty and numb as I desperately pounded on the door of the church for what seemed like forever. I mean, I almost beat the door down. I needed help and I needed it right away. That's kind of where the story starts. And again, mm. you know, we don't want to give away the ending, but it is, um, 
it's powerful. And I have I w- I didn't actually get to participate in uh, in the stage uh, uh, performances, and so I haven't yet seen this monologue. And um, I'm already preparing myself. But I, it is it is important to say that like a lot of these stories, they look sex trafficking is a really difficult topic to address. The stories rip your heart out. Yeah, they make you cry. They they make you hurt. Uh, they incite fear sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we won't leave you there. But but that's the deal. <laughs> exactly, Sam. That's the deal. Like that is not the goal here. We do have to be real. We do have to be honest. But the yeah. goal here is to communicate. You said it already. Those stories of triumph and victory. Yeah, and we don't we don't overemphasize or over like detail the harm piece, which yeah. we feel like is in a lot of stories of trafficking. They go into the detail of the gruesome brutality, which I I understand that. So, But this just isn't that night. So we wanted to get that feeling connection without going into the graphic brutality right. piece. And it's safe for kids. Yeah, right? safe for uh, kids. It's, it's, it's a family-friendly film. So Okay, so let's talk about the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is titled Sierra. Mm. Uh, and when this monologue was originally written, it was written from the perspective of a mother. Uh, the, I think the original title of this one was something to the effect of like a mother's prayer or yes. a mother's heart or something like that. Uh, but in our editing phases and in our kind of uh, collaborative, creative meetings, we said, you know, what if we told, what if this monologue was written and done from the perspective of a man and yes. from a father in particular yes. who has been uh, with Elijah Rising out on intervention and then this monologue picks up as his his night of intervention is already over. Yes, and oh my gosh, and it's, it's crazy because we wanted to capture what it's like for people, especially parents who go and you know, they see these children and these, they're adults, but and sometimes children, but you see them as God's children. And yeah. when we were reading the words, um, Bob Wicker like Bob Wicker. came to heart and hey, he's Bob. one of the most amazing volunteer, just called evangelist people that is in our circles. That is just, he spends a lot of time out on Bissonette with groups of people, leading mm-hmm. people to help these women as just a safe like father, father, <laughs> and yeah. when we were, re- especially the actor came up and he's like the same height as Bob Wicker. Mm-hmm. It was this wild thing, and so um, yeah, that story is just about him going into the streets. And, and anytime you, you, if you have Bob speaking to you for any amount of time about the people that he sees trafficked and how he sees Jesus's love for them, he's going to be in tears. Yeah, I want to. I want to read. I want to read a quick excerpt from this one. This is about midway through the monologue, and again, this one is written in the form of a prayer. So this yeah. is a, this is a, is a man praying. He said, "There is a reason why you led me to volunteer, and of all things, intervention. Just as I have cried out to you to intervene in my own life, I've now been called by you, talking to God, to intervene and intercede for those sweet girls." Yeah. Um, and so the thing that I kind of teased at the beginning of the episode was uh, the, kind of the, the special gift we have in this episode is we actually, uh, uh, David, who's behind the camera right now, sat down with Bob, our our volunteer extraordinaire, uh, the, the, the man that this was kind of written in mind. Um, and he got to see the monologue for the first time. And so we captured his real his reaction in real time as he got to um, to watch this monologue. And we're going to share that with you. So I'm here with Bob. And as you all know, we're getting ready for our film premiere on October 17th. And we filmed eight monologues based on true stories. 
And um, we brought Bob in because he leads our intervention. And this particular monologue um, is, is, is based off of you, actually. <laughs> and so we want to get your, your reaction. And afterwards, after you see it, you know, we're going to talk about you know, what you thought of it and how it relates to you know, the, the real interventions that we do every week. So right. check it out. And there's a reason you led me to volunteer. And of all things, intervention. Just as I have cried out to you to intervene in my own life, I'm being called by you to intervene and intercede for Sierra and all these girls whose lives have been shattered by this atrocity. And that's what I'm doing, Lord. Show me how to help Sierra. Lead my actions and give me words. Keep my motives agreeable to yours. Heavenly Father, I vow to be a reflection of you and your love for your daughter, Sierra. I vow to fight for her in prayer. She will not be defeated. She will rise up and walk in righteousness. She will know that you have called her by name and you have clothed her in dignity. Her past will not deter her purpose. God, remind her who she is in you. Let her know that she is loved by you and that she is fearlessly and wonderfully made. Wow. So that was called the Father's Heart. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we, we base those monologues off of, you know, not only, you know, people who've been through trafficking, but we base it off donors and volunteers. And, um, you know, this, uh, to me, this story represents kind of your heart. Because I really, when I see you out on the street, that's what I see, that, that father's heart towards all people that are out on the street. If it's, you know, a woman in prostitution or if it's a pimp or if it's a buyer, you know, what I've seen in you, you just embody that heart of love. And um, I think that's important for people to see. Absolutely. Um, we, we go out and our mission is to love unconditionally the way the Lord loves us. I, I like to say that women on the street, people on the street in that environment especially are, yeah. they have what I like to call street discernment or what I call their BS meter. <laughs> and it's always pegged, right, on, yeah. on, the, on the negative side because they have to walk out there in the game and everybody's gaming everybody out there. But when we come out in love and there's not an agenda and there's no religion behind it. Uh, there, there's, there's massive faith and, and, you know, the spirit of the Lord leading us, but there's no religion in it. And there's no, there's no uh, you know, ulterior motives. They see that and they yeah. recognize that. And that's what they respond to. If, you, if anyone were to try to go out there with an agenda, with some other motive, they would recognize that and just shut down and walk away because that's what they get all the time out there. They have no need for any additional stuff. Yeah. They just need the, the pure, unconditional love of the Lord shown to them. And when they see it, 
and they experience it, they receive it, and they give it back. And it's beautiful. The reason, and I just want to say, like, I think that some people may be confused or like, why is a man going out to minister, minister to women? Especially because I've seen a lot of that done improperly and done in a way that's you know, manipulative or, and, and Bob, his life is transparent to many people and he lets people in and he goes in groups and he's very, a very safe person. And it's so important to the the women who are on the street, the pimps, he, he ministers to the pimps a lot of times, prays for them. Um, cause there's a lot of poverty and there's a lot of systems of injustice against some type. That's a whole other podcast. And and, and he, he like, he talks to the police officers that are on the street. Like he educates the police officers even. Yeah. But it is so important for them to see healthy men. And even for me, like I have a wonderful husband. I have wonderful dad. Like I have people in my life, but I exist in this world where I get a lot of calls that really break me. They break my heart. And there comes a part time when I'm like, I don't know if there are, where is safety? Where's people? And he will just like come to the office. Yeah. And just his presence is so healing to yeah. remember that there's good men in the world. Um, you guys, like David and Adam, like the men, you know, Joe from like LPMP, like, People don't understand how important it is for women um, and men and traffic people to see safe dads. And so, you know, I think that some people might see it and be like, why is this guy doing outreach? Like, but his, his safe, like he's out in the open. Like it's a beautiful, it's just, I'm sorry, I'm losing my words because I got emotional. It's just, um, it's really, really special. And I'm excited for people to really see a story like Bob's because it's inspiring. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the, the underlying point here that you're trying to make is like, there is a place for men in this fight and not just like, Oh, please join us. But like, we need you. Like we need men in, in this work. Um, Healthy men who deal with the processes and that's right. We need healthy men in this work. We need healthy men in this work. <laughs> okay, uh, that's we're gonna we're gonna call it. That's gonna be the end of this episode. But we before you go, you definitely want to stick around um, for to watch Bob's reaction to this monologue called Sierra. And we hope that um, if you're not already registered for uh, the the virtual film premiere you can do that at elijahrising.org it'll be a big banner right there just follow the links Um, you can register you can get your access pass you can actually host a fundraiser so like maybe you're thinking man i've got this friend or this family member that they have to see this you can watch the trailer you can share the trailer uh, but then you can actually host a watch party we have all that set up for you all the tools yeah, uh, you can actually buy a package. We will we'll show up with uh, some some special goodies. All that information is found on the website elijahrising.org. Um, and so again, it is a free event for that night. It's yeah, free that, that night. night. Then this content will most likely have a paywall behind it in the That's future. Right. So if you want to see it for free, join us October seventeenth. October seventeenth. Uh, it officially begins at seven o'clock. But you do not want to miss the pre-show starting at six thirty. Uh, it's gonna be great. It's me. It's, it's a lot of Sam. Kind of dumb. We but know it's... y'all like Sam. Uh, <laughs> it's great. I'm excited. We've been watching the editing today. So, um, also subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Share it. Uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. If you're listening, go to YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Watch the videos. See our faces. It's so much fun. Y'all have a great day, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Elijah Rising Podcast.